Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. We call forth these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ. The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me. And I believe what men on the front lines will do. And I see it going into the nations. He's going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise. Men on the Frontline social media broadcast, equipping, encouraging, and empowering you to arise as the hero, the warrior, and the champion that God created you to be. You matter, you're important, you have a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth, and wow, do we ever need you right now. We look around the world today, and oh my gosh, it is time for heroes to arise. It's time for champions like you to arise, and today, we're gonna talk about one of the ways we can do that. We're gonna talk about the importance for standing for truth in the days that we are in right now. But just before we get into that, I've got a couple quick announcements for you. Number one, don't forget, October 8th through 10th is our next Man Camp event. I bet you, like me, you are ready to get back out there, get out of this lockdown situation, gather with a great group of guys, enjoy the great outdoors, and also enjoy some great mentoring and teaching times, great fellowship times, and of course, some great outdoor activities and adventures. If you would like to do that, and I know you would, join me, join Brad Carter, join Ben Hughes in Big Bear Lake, California for our next Man Camp event, October 8th through 10th. We have got a great, calling it a campground and cabins doesn't do this place justice. It's a great outdoor retreat facility. It's, it's, it's so nice. You'll have your own bed to sleep in. There's three great meals every single day. But the greatest draw, of course, is gathering with a great group of guys to worship God, to press into God, and to create a real sense of brotherhood in your life. If you want some more information about that, we've got an event page up. You can go to menonthefrontlines.com and click the events link. We are right now um, revamping the Men on the Frontlines website. So just in case you go there at a time when the webmaster, web designer is working on it, not everything's working, make it simple for yourself. You can just email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com, and I'll send you the information link that will get you all the info you need so you can join us this October for our next Man Camp Adventure event. The other thing I want to make sure you know about is our new men's devotional is out, 31 Decrees of Blessing for Men. You can get your copy by going to my website, roberthotchkin.com, going to our ministry online store, Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, all the usual outlets, all the usual places, christianbookdiscount.com, all the usual places for Christian books, you can go and get 31 Decrees of Blessing for Men. It's a daily devotional, and every day there's a devotion, there are decrees, and there's an activation built around one of the ways God has empowered you as his son. So every day you are reminded of a blessing that empowers you to be a difference maker and solution bringer in the earth, in your family, in your city, in your workplace, in this world. 
We need you to arise as the hero and champion that you are. These devotionals will remind you of what you've been blessed with, and the decrees and activations will help you step into and activate that blessing that day when you read about it. So get your copy of 31 Decrees, A Blessing for Men. Great Father's Day gift for all of our wonderful anointed sisters and women that join us every week for Heroes Arise. Order one for your husband, order one for your father, order one for your son, order one for you if you have a male pastor. But get these in the hands of the men you know so that they can be empowered as the sons of God. All of creation is groaning for the sons of God to arise. And one of the ways we can be empowered and we can arise is through decrees, through devotions, and through these activations. All right, let's get into this week's topic. I want to talk about the importance for standing for truth, the importance of standing for truth. But I also want to talk about how important it is when we stand for truth that we should not violate the character and nature of him who is truth. We look around today, it's very easy to see the chaos the world is in. We've got a health crisis with this pandemic. We've got a financial crisis from the fallout of all this lockdown stuff. We have got uh, the racial tensions rising um, to a whole new level in our nation. We've also got political crisis. We've got an election coming up, and we've got um, um, a tenor and tone between the political parties that is so divisive, so rancorous. So what do we do? Well, what we do is we remember that we are here for a reason. I don't know that our world has ever needed God more. I don't know that the USA has ever more needed a revelation of God, of, of the God that made this nation, the God that brought this nation forth, the God that created this nation for his purposes. We need revival. We need reformation, which means we need you. The good news is, while the world desperately needs a revelation of God, that's what we're here for. That's why when we said yes to Jesus Christ, we didn't immediately go home to glory. We are here positioned in the earth is the overlap between heaven and earth. We are here to put God on display. So I believe we are in an Isaiah 60 time. You know, I've been a Christian for 17 and a half years now, I think it is. Yeah, coming up on 18 years in November. And almost since I became a Christian, Isaiah 60 has been on my heart because we can look around and it's, it's becoming increasing, increasing, increasing. We can look around and we see the darkness in the earth. We can see the deep darkness on the people. We can see evil being called good and good being called evil. But we need to make sure that while even if we find it heartbreaking at times, that when our hearts break, they break open with not only the presence and power of God, but the character and nature of God, because that is what will make the difference. We are to arise and shine, for our light has come. When there's darkness on the earth, deep darkness on the people, the kingdom of God will arise in us, the glory of the Lord will appear upon us, and nations and world leaders will come to our light and the brightness of our shining. We know that scripture, we get excited about that scripture, we should, we should be stepping into that scripture. We tend to focus on the shine part, shining the presence, shining the power, shining the glory. And that's important. We need to do that. But the first part of that scripture is we, to our, we are to arise and shine. We are to come up above, to arise above what? The darkness, the deep darkness? Absolutely. We are to be men of no compromise. We are to be believers of no compromise. That doesn't mean that we will be perfect, but it means that we step into the perfection, the righteousness, the heroic holiness of Jesus Christ and his holy spirit that fills us and we come up above the rancor we come up above the division we come up above the the anger the frustration the the, the fear the doubt that is manifesting in the world right now the systems of the world are failing us we're seeing that put vividly on display 
politics is failing us, government is failing us, media is failing us, our institutions and organizations are failing us, the systems of the world are failing us, but we shouldn't be surprised. God says he will allow all to be shaken that can be shaken. Why? So the greater glory can be revealed. And that greater glory, according to Haggai, is revealed in the temple of God. The temple is filled with the latter greater glory. That temple is you and I. So this is our season to arise and shine. So it's very important that in, in any, any emotional response to what's going on, even if it's heartbreaking to you at times, it's heartbreaking to me at times, but even in that, that we don't in our heartbreak tune out or turn off or give up. You are needed more than ever. The God that is in you, the kingdom of God within you, the Holy Spirit within you, Jesus through you is more needed than ever before. So we need to be like Jesus. We need to do what he modeled to us. That's why he says in John 14, 12, you will do, if you believe in me, you'll do the works that I do and even greater works. Because why? Because I think in the fallen world, darkness manifests in greater and greater and greater way. So we need greater and greater manifestations of him who is love light and life. It's time for us to arise and shine. But how do we do that? We do that by not checking out. When Jesus came into Nain and he saw that he came to share the good news of the gospel, he share he came to share who he was. But what's the first thing that they encountered when they came into Nain? They came, they saw a funeral. And it wasn't just a funeral, it was a funeral for a mother who had lost her son. And it wasn't just a mother who had lost her son, it was a widow who had already lost her husband who had now lost her son. And it says, when Jesus saw all of this, his heart overflowed with compassion. So Jesus comes to town to do one thing. He encounters a heartbreaking funeral. His heart breaks, but it doesn't break and shut down and get discouraged and give up. It breaks open with compassion. And when he allowed his heart to overflow with compassion, the widow of Nain's son was resurrected. Jesus didn't tune out. Jesus didn't check out. But Jesus also didn't give in to frustration, anger, bitterness, or rancor, or, or, or discouragement, or depression, or any of that. He plugged into the kingdom. He was always plugged into the kingdom. He models to us how to allow heaven to overflow us into the earth. When he did, resurrection was released. That's where we need to be right now. We have to stand for truth right now. When we see all the compromise in the world, all the deception, all the darkness, it's more important than ever that you and I, that believers, stand up for truth. But in doing that, it's very important that we stand up for truth in the character and nature of him who is truth. You've heard me say it many times, and I think right now it's more important to hear it than ever. We cannot overcome darkness with more darkness. We cannot come overcome anger with more anger. We cannot overcome frustration with more frustration. We cannot overcome rebellion in the earth with more rebellion from the character and nature of God. We, when, when, when God dealt with darkness and chaos in, in creation, in Genesis 1, it says when the earth was dark and void and covered in chaos, God didn't release more darkness. God didn't release more chaos. God said, let there be light. God stood in the fullness of his authority, and he spoke forth light. He didn't overcome darkness with more darkness. He overcame darkness with light. He didn't overcome chaos with more chaos. He overcame chaos with character and nature, uh, with, 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 uh, with divine order that is his character and nature. And that's what we must be doing right now as well. We are to arise and shine. We are not to arise and slime. What do I mean by that? When 
we arise and we stand for truth, we are to shine his presence, his power, but also his character and nature, his mercy, his compassion, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his wisdom, his love, his forgiveness. We are to arise and shine the fullness of who he is as we stand for all that he stands for. If we arise in slime, in other words, if we arise and we stand for truth, but we do it in anger and frustration and bitterness, then we're not really shining, are we? We're just arising and sliming, and all we're doing ultimately while standing for truth is releasing more darkness into the earth, and that will not be effective. This is how the Apostle Paul put it in Rome when he was talking to the churches in Rome. And now remember, Rome was an occupying government. Rome had come and conquered um, the, 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 Israel, the, the, the Hebrew people. So the, is, the Israelites, the people of God in that day, were being occupied by an oppressive government. And yet, what does Apostle Paul say when he is teaching the, Rome, the, the Roman Christians how to stand in that hour, how to arise and shine in that hour? Just like today, there, was, there were imperfect politicians with imperfect laws. There was probably corruption. There was probably all sorts of stuff. It's still going on today, but the Apostle Paul said then, and it applies to us today, how he counseled the Christians of that day to be effective in dealing with the things going on in their world, in their society, in their politics. He says this in Romans 12, 21. Don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. So right off the top, he's saying, do not let evil get the best of you. In other words, don't let evil get the best of you personally. Don't let evil get the best of your family. Don't let evil get the best of your, your city, your society. Don't let evil get best of this world, but conquer evil by doing good. So he's saying, don't let evil get the best of you, but here's how you do that. You conquer evil by doing good, by speaking good, by manifesting good, by choosing to do and to be good. Yes, we operate in the authority of Jesus Christ. We stand for the truth of Jesus Christ. But right here, we're seeing that one of the ways we have to make sure we have to watch over ourselves, we have to be dominion stewards of our mind, our will, our emotions, of our head and our hearts. If we're going to be effective dominion stewards in the earth right now, and oh my gosh, does the earth need it, we have to be effective dominion stewards of ourselves. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Don't let evil get the best of you, even in how we respond to evil. So what the Apostle Paul is saying to Christians then, and we have to be reminded today as Christians to truly be effective, to arise and shine, not arise in slime, we have to make sure that we don't let evil conquer us, even in how we stand up against evil. So how do we do this? I think one of the simplest ways to do this right now is to look at Psalm 22.3. Psalm 22.3 says, You are holy. Oh, you are enthroned upon the praises of your people. And usually we, we cite this scripture um, or the, the general meaning of this scripture in regards to like worship and praise services. And we talk about how when we praise, God is enthroned on the praises of his saints. And, and that's wonderful. It's true. I mean, all we have to do is look at Saul and Barnabas to see the reality of that. Here they are unfairly imprisoned for preaching the gospel in horrible conditions in a horrible prison. And yet what do they do? They don't murmur. They don't complain. They don't talk about how unfair it is. They don't get discouraged about how dark things have gotten. They don't, they don't say, oh, this is just wrong, 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 that I would be imprisoned for declaring truth in the world as corrupt as the world is, as much as the world needs the truth of God. And here we are. Oh, poor us. We've been in prison. No, they 
actually, in that moment, they praise God. They turn to God and they start praising him and they start worshiping him. And as they do, what happens? Their shackles come off. All of the prison doors are opened and, and, and everything, an earthquake comes, a, a, a rattling, a shaking comes. All the prisoners are set free. And then even the guard himself, the warden, as it were, he gets radically saved. He invites uh, Saul and Barnabas to his house, and revival breaks out there. So we see a great picture here. When we praise, God is enthroned, in all, and he comes in all his majesty, in all his sovereignty, and the shackles are broken off of us, but also all of those around us. So as we praise, God is enthroned. As we praise, we make place for God and all his sovereignty and majesty to move. So what am I getting at, and what, how does this relate to standing for truth, but standing for truth in the character and nature of him who is truth? When we look at Psalm 22.3, we're usually looking at it in the context of praising God, but I want you to notice, it doesn't say you are holy. Oh, you, it's, well, let me say this. It says you are holy. Oh, you who are enthroned upon the praises of your people. It doesn't say you are enthroned when the people praise you. It says you are enthroned, oh God, when your people praise. What am I getting at? So we think of this when we praise God, he's enthroned on our praises. But what it's really saying is when we praise, God is enthroned. Saul and Barnabas were praising. They were praising God. And that's always his effective strategy. It's always effective to worship and praise God. That brings him in. We're the overlap between heaven and earth. And when we enter into that place of praise, we are joining in with the angels and the 24 elders around the throne of God, and we are creating that overlap between heaven and earth. That's why it's so easy to connect with God, to meet with God, to experience God in worship services, because we are cooperating with what heaven is doing, praising God, and that overlap between heaven and earth occurs. But what God has highlighted to me recently in Psalm 22:3 is God's not only enthroned on the praises of when we praise him, but anytime we as the people of God praise, God is enthroned. So what does that look like? It takes us back to where I started. As we stand up for truth, we need to do it in an honoring, loving, respectful way. As we stand up for what is truth, we cannot violate the character and nature of him who is truth. So as we praise, we can praise our politicians, not their ungodly policies, but we can praise them and, and be thankful that God created them for a purpose. Even if they're not operating in that purpose right now, we can be praising. We can speak well of one another as we disagree. Church, if we simply do this with one another, if we change the tenor and tone of discussions in social media, on Facebook, as you comment on YouTube videos, all this stuff, if we will change the tenor and tone and even especially, I should say, especially when we disagree. We will disagree with love and honor and respect, and we will praise and see the very best in each other. Even while we disagree with things we, we differ on, we can change the tenor and tone. God will be enthroned on that. Perhaps the reason there's so much rancor and division and uproar breaking out in the world right now is because we've allowed it in the church. Perhaps the reason people out there aren't listening to each other but just screaming at each other is because we've been doing it in the church. Can you imagine if as many praise riots broke out as there are civil riots right now? And what I mean by that is we just started spontaneously to praise and worship God, but we also just spontaneously started to see and speak to the very best in one another. Look, there's a lot of things going on in politics and political movements right now that as a conservative Christian, I do not agree with, but I can still partner with God to see the very best in the hearts of people. Even if I think the enemy is twisting those good hearts 
and, and turning them down dark paths for dark purposes. I, I don't have to agree with any of that, but I can still look at and see the very best in someone. Can you imagine if we started with praising one another, being kind to one another, being respectful and honoring towards one another, speaking to and seeing the very best in one another, especially those we don't, those we don't agree with? Can you imagine how that would change the tenor and tone? and how it would open the door for actual discussion. You know, I've been saying for quite some time, I've been prophesying for over a year and a half now that the coming move of God will be marked by his personality. We've had moves of his power, we'd have moves of his presence. I believe the coming move will absolutely involve his presence and his power, but it will be marked by his personality. Why? Because we're looking for a billions soul harvest, a harvest of billions and billions of people. Many of those billions don't want anything to do with the church. Some have been wounded by the church. Others have observed how we treat each other and simply say, I don't want any of that. But if we will, if we will allow this move of God, if we will become a move of God marked by his personality, many, many, many will be drawn to believers, to the church, because it's God's kindness that leads a man to repentance. It's not God's rancor. It's not God's anger. The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. So I believe one of the things God is highlighting to us right now is Matthew 22, 3. The world needs God. We're here for that purpose. Jesus makes it clear in Matthew 10, 8, when he says, go and declare that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper. Raise the dead, cast out demons, freely give what you have freely received. He's saying, go and put the kingdom of God on display. You know, right in the very beginning of, of the Bible, when in, in Genesis 1, verses uh, 26 through 28, when God puts us as his people, those who are chosen to be in relationship with him, he puts us in place as his dominion stewards in the earth, and he says, rule and have dominion here over all creation. Be fruitful and multiply. Uh, you've heard me share. I don't think God is being repetitive when he says, be fruitful and multiply. I think what he's doing is he's giving us a key to seeing how we multiply in the earth. It's to be full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, to be full of compassion, to be full of kindness, to be full of long-suffering, to, to be full of goodness, to be full of the character and nature of God, to be full of the personality of God. And as we allow that out, people will be drawn to us. Creation will respond to us. I have seen it. When we speak to creation from the heart of the Creator, creation responds, whether that's creative miracles, whether that's miracles of water turning to wine, whatever it is, part of the reason creation is groaning, part of the reason creation responds to us is not only the authority of God, but it's the character and nature of God. And if we're in this season, if we're willing to be fruitful, if we're willing to be filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the character and nature of God, the personality of God, I believe that we'll see an even greater response to the presence, the power, and the authority of God that we walk in. Absolutely, you declare the word of the Lord, and it does not return void. It accomplishes all that it is sent to do. Absolutely, when we operate in the authority of God, we have authority over all the power of the enemy. Jesus said that over his disciples. It includes you and me today. Absolutely. I am not saying we do these things and we get more authority. I am saying that in the authority of God, if we will also, as we in, in authority stand for what is true right now, if we stand for what is true in the very character and nature of him who is the truth, we will see an increased response. We will see uh, walls come down. We will see hearts that are hard all of a sudden become open. I am telling you right now, 
as we stand for truth, we must stand for truth in the character and nature of him who is the truth. If you're like me, you won't be perfect at this. There are times I get discouraged. There are times I get frustrated. I even get angry. I got angry yesterday. I got frustrated yesterday. But I was talking with a friend on the phone, and basically in that conversation, I was reminded, now wait a minute, I understand where you're coming from, but you know, Consider looking at it this way. And I thought, yes, love always thinks the best. Love always sees the very best. Thank you for reminding me of that. Right now, I am not in a great headspace. I need to remember God. I need to praise. I need to praise God. And as I praise God, I'm reminded who he is. I praise God, I'm reminded who I am. And as I praise God, knowing who he is, knowing who I am, now all of a sudden I can see the very best in others. I can see the very best even in what's going on in our nation right now. And I went from frustration to faith. I went from upset to expectant and hopeful. That's what we need right now. We must stand for truth right now, but we need to be standing for truth in the character and nature of him who is truth. One of the challenges we have in this um, is addressed by God through the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 17, 9, where it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. What is that a warning about? Right now, especially for us as Christians, when the whole wide world is seemingly so anti-Christian, so anti-church, so, so anti the policies of God, the character and nature of God, you know, it's so easy to look at so much of what's going on and let it overwhelm all the really good things that are also happening. But when the prophet Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things, I believe God is warning us for days like this that we are going to want to justify our wrong attitudes and our wrong responses. We're going to want to justify not standing for truth in the character and nature of truth or not standing in the character and nature of him who is truth as we do stand for truth is a better way of saying that. We want to justify our anger. We want to justify our frustration. We want to justify yelling back at those who are yelling at us. And yet, what did Jesus do? Jesus actually didn't even defend himself when he was before Pilate. Jesus was a lamb under the slaughter. That doesn't mean he was a victim. That doesn't mean he checked out. That means he would not violate the character and nature of his father as he stood for and accomplished everything his father sent him to do. I'm actually becoming convinced that the more we operate in the character and nature of God, the more that light is released. And again, I believe that if we stand for truth, but we violate the character and nature of truth, you cannot overcome darkness with more darkness. But we want to justify and rationalize because our hearts are wicked that we are standing for truth in an untruthful way, in an ungodly way. If we stand up for God in an ungodly way, are we really accomplishing anything or are we being tricked into releasing more darkness? I think this is why God warns us, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Or he says, do not give the, foot, uh, the enemy a foothold through anger. I think he's saying, watch over your heart, watch over your reactions because you're going to think you're standing up for me, but if you stand up for me in a way that's not my character and nature. The enemy is tricking you and your heart is deceiving you into actually releasing more wickedness as you tell yourself, it's okay to malign. It's okay to shout back. It's okay to be angry and frustrated and defensive and yell at people I disagree with because I'm standing up for the truth. If we don't stand up for the truth in the character and nature of him who is the truth, all we're really doing is releasing more darkness. It's a challenging time right now. 
But if we will ask Holy Spirit to help us, if we'll be praying into... What, what does Jesus promise in Acts 1.8? The victorious risen Lord says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you in power so that you can be my great and mighty witnesses in Judea, in Jerusalem, in Samaria, or in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. In other words, he's saying, you can be my great and mighty witnesses here, there, and everywhere. That word, witness, doesn't just mean putting Jesus on display. It's martos in the Greek, and it means martyr. So basically, it means Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you die to yourself so we can come fully alive in him and put him truly on display. Not us, not our frustration, not our anger, not our self-righteous anger, but we can put him who is truly righteous on display. Holy Spirit, come upon us in power. Holy Spirit, help us truly be witnesses of Jesus Christ and let it start by you empowering us to die to any justification of wrong responses in us that we say, well, I'm standing for the truth, so it's okay that I'm standing for it in, 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 a, in a character. In a, of course I'm frustrated. It's frustrating. Of course I'm angry. It's angering. But that won't do any good. That's just fighting darkness with more darkness. I think right now, the book that I wrote um, a, a little over a year ago, or actually I guess two years ago now, Winning the Battle for Your Mind, Will, and Emotions, I think this book, even though it was written a couple years ago, is absolutely for today. We must win the battle for our mind, will, and emotions. Not by might, not by power, but by the Holy Spirit. But this book will tell you how to be a more effective dominion steward over your mind, your will, and emotions so that you can be a more effective dominion steward over all of creation. This book will help you live in the more of God that you've been crying out for by helping to unlock the supernatural divine power of your mind, will, and emotions. Because Jesus told us, we've, or sorry, we are told in the, in the epistles. I obviously didn't look this one up. It's an, old, it's an old preacher trick. If you don't know exactly where it is in the Bible, you can say in the Gospels, in the epistles, of the New Testament, or in the Bible, we are told we've not been given a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and a sound mind. I actually really like the translation that says we've not been given a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and self-control. In Christ, we have the ability to control ourselves, to control responding with anger, fear, doubt, frustration, rancor, divisiveness. In Christ, we have the ability to control ourselves so that as we stand for truth, we stand for truth in the character and nature of him who is truth. Proverbs 4.23 tells us to watch over our hearts with all diligence, for flow it from, from it flow the springs of life. If we're willing to do this, if we're willing to not only stand for truth, but we commit through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, through that spirit of love, that spirit of power, and that spirit of Acts 1-8 that will give us self-control so we can not respond in our own personality or frustrations or angers or disappointments, but we respond in the character and nature of him who is truth, then what will flow from our heart is a river of life. If we don't do that, what will flow from us is a river of darkness, is a river of death, and that doesn't do any good. Now, if, like me, you fail at this sometimes, I want to remind you the blood of Jesus Christ works. I want to remind you his mercies are new every day. I want to remind you mercy triumphs over judgment. So all we have to do is say, Lord, I blew it today, or I blew it yesterday. I see it now. Thank you for helping me see it. I plead the blood of Christ over every wrong thought, wrong word, wrong action, and wrong choice. And I thank you, Lord, that you remove them and their effect in overall creation as far as the east is from the west. Holy Spirit, today, give me a greater grace, a greater ability 
to connect with you, to receive your power, to come fully and truly alive in Christ, to not only stand for him who is truth, but to stand for him who is truth in the character and nature of him who is truth. I want to stand for truth, and I want to stand for it in the character and nature of him who is truth. Holy Spirit, thank you that every day you fill me afresh, and you encourage me and empower me to do this. So I wanted to share that stuff with you guys today. I believe that right now we're in a pivotal time in, in, in the world, in creation. I believe we're in a time where God wants to use you in a greater degree than he's ever used any believer in the history of the, the, the New Testament church. The world needs it. The kingdom needs to expand right now. It needs to go forward. God is victorious. He has won the victory. We have the victory. We need to remember that. He has given us the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. That's one of the Holy Spirit's ministries, we're told in the Gospel of John. So right now, we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to lead us into truth. That when we look out and see darkness and despair, we're reminded that we already have the victory and you, you help us. Praise be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. Not only, not only triumph in our circumstances, but triumph in how we deal with our circumstances. That's my prayer for each and every one of you. We at Heroes Arise are here. We are committed to you to help encourage, to help equip, and to help empower you to arise as the hero, the warrior, and the champion that God created you to be because the world needs you right now. The church needs you right now. The kingdom needs you right now. God's sovereign. He's large and in charge. He can do whatever he wants, however he wants, but he's made it very clear since day six that he wants you in relationship with him operating in his deputized authority and the power of his Holy Spirit as his dominion steward in the earth, standing up for truth, but also standing up for truth in the character and nature of him who is truth. Thank you for being with me this week for Heroes Arise. Don't forget, man camp coming up. Big Bear Lake, California, gorgeous area, gorgeous campground, great facilities, great food, and a great group of guys gathering in the great outdoors to press into the great I am. Be there with us October 8th through 10th. Have any questions, make it easy on yourself. Email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com. New men's devotional, 31 decrees of blessing for men, available in all the usual places. You have any questions, same thing. Feel free to email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com. I can send you a whole bunch of links to get you hard copies, signed and blessed copies, digital copies, whatever you're looking for, just let me know. Whatever you're looking for for the, the men in your life, just let me know. We'll help you get them into their hands so that they can be reminded of how they've been empowered as sons of God in the earth today to be his solution bringer and difference maker. Thank you so much. You are needed, you are necessary, you are important, and as we grab hold of God, he's gonna do great and mighty things through you. Thanks for being with me. I'll see you again here soon for another Heroes Arise.